Take your Bibles, if you would, Psalm 119. There are uh, probably a dozen or more passages of Scripture that I go to regularly, uh, and we made mention of this a couple of months ago. As you come through certain seasons of life, or you come through uh, certain seasons of the year, rather, uh, you find yourself dwelling on certain passages that have been an encouragement and help to you at certain times in your life. And uh, I call these reset passages. Uh, passages of Scripture that will uh, kind of put things back into focus, uh, give you the right perspective, if you would. Some of the greatest challenges that we face in the Christian life sometimes are uh, right after some of the greatest victories in the Christian life. And uh, those are the moments when sometimes we're tempted to let our guard down. We're tempted to kind of ease into things or, or not really pay as much attention to things as we ought to. And it's in those moments where we can get discouraged or we can find ourselves maybe getting into a rut or struggling through or whatever the case might be. And so as you think about that in the Christian life, draw your attention for just a few moments, if you would, to verse number one, uh, verse 25, if you would, Psalm 119, verse 25. And I want you to look at this psalm for just a little while, and we're going to find ourselves reading each of these verses. I want you to pay attention to each of these strong statements that are found. Notice how it starts off as he says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quicken thou me according to thy word. I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me, teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness, strengthen thou me according to thy word. Remove from me the way of lying, and grant me thy law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth, thy judgment have I laid before me. I have stuck unto thy testimonies, O Lord, put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandments, when thou shalt enlarge my heart. There are a lot of strong statements in these verses that you come to in this portion of the psalm. And as you think about the reset season sometimes, there are certain reset seasons. Sometimes you need a little bit of perspective on maybe the strength of the Lord in your life or maybe the grace of God in your life or whatever the case might be, certain subject matters that you really just need to dwell on and think on. And then you come to this portion of Scripture and you you see that there is a, a renewing process taking place. The psalmist goes on in the very first verse and says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quicken thou me according to thy word. And you think about that word quicken for just a few moments. And you think about the very first statement as he says cleaveth, that word cleaveth speaks of to bond or to stick like a glove, if you would. He then goes on and says, quicken thou me. And as you think about that quickening process, that renewing process, that, that getting your attention process that takes place. At the end of a busy summer like we've just had, the temptation is to do exactly like this. We've come through what has been a very fruitful and productive season, but it's we want to do this. Because we're wore out sometimes. Spiritually worn out maybe, uh, emotionally worn out maybe, physically worn out, no doubt. But the temptation is to kind of take it easy. But it's in those moments where Satan says, now is my time. Now is my shot. Now is my chance. And so maybe right this very moment, we need to be reminded of some of the things that are taking place in this portion of Scripture. And so notice with me the first verse one more time. Verse number 25, the Bible says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quicken thou me according to thy word. There needs to be tonight a seeking of revival within each of our lives. A seeking of revival. 
As you think about revival, the Word of God is clear about revival, and there's very much Scripture concerning that subject matter. When you begin to think about not necessarily revival being talked about, but the spirit of revival taking place. And different passages of Scripture begin to reveal that certain uh, events and certain situations were put in Scripture to remind us that that spirit of revival and that reviving act takes place in the Christian life. Notice these words, my soul cleaveth unto the dead. He says, to bond or to stick like a glove. Quicken thou me according to thy word. You see, it's in these moments when we're seeking to be revived and we're seeking the Lord to get our attention that all of a sudden the word of God is what begins to be the priority within our lives. You see, as we think about revival meetings, it is not because we have a specific preacher to come in that all of a sudden God's going to send revival. It's not because we hold it in the fall or we have it in the spring or we set a specific time aside. No, it's not all of that. The the preeminence must be given to God's word and to the Lord himself. It is when God is given preeminence when all of a sudden the spirit of revival begins to take place within each of our lives. Why? Because we come to realize we need this book. We need God. We need the Lord to do a, a thorough work within our lives. And so within this work right here begins all of the many transformation process of comforting within our lives and encouraging in our lives and giving us the hope and reminding us that our confidence is not in man or in ourselves, but it is in God Almighty. It's the hope that we find in Scripture. You see, the reviving spirit, as you see right here, as he says, quicken thou me according to thy word. I believe it was last Sunday. I can't remember when it was, but we began to talk about the word of God and we asked the question, what are we doing with God's word? I asked that question again, because within the Christian life, many times we are asking some of the questions such as, what is it going to take? How do I do this? How do I go about this? How do I you know, get to this point? How do you live a, a faithful Christian life? And we ask all of these questions. And I know we don't like to hear this answer, but oftentimes the answer is the basic stuff. The word of God, prayer, faithfulness to the house of God, faithfulness to the word of God, faithfulness to the work of God, faithfulness in all of those areas. You know, I've been encouraged many, many times by different pastors and preachers and evangelists to do what you know to do. And the struggle is that many of us, we struggle on a daily basis doing the things that we know to do. We struggle with getting in the Bible. We struggle with spending time in prayer. We struggle with those things. Notice what he says, the very first thing that he says concerning this quickening. He's quick, he says, quicken thou me according to thy word. You see, it's when you get into God's word that everything all of a sudden begins to make sense. Because when you're right here, you're right here. We've made mention of that. And when we are making sure that God's word has preeminence within our lives, it's through the word of God that God begins to speak to his children. And then you begin to live these things out. That is why as you go to Second Chronicles chapter number 7, The very familiar verse, verse number 14 in the Bible says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Raymond Barber put it this way, when you began to consider the subject matter of reviving and seeking the Lord to revive your spirit, he said it this way, as he said, If we are content with coldness, we will have no revival. If we are satisfied with spiritual slothfulness, we will have no revival. If we are seeking the sinful pleasures of this world, we will have no revival. If we are loving our lust and content to live in it, we will have no revival. 
You see, and that is the lives that, that oftentimes we live. We're content with all of these things. We're content to be praised by man, but we know, give no regard to what God thinks on the matter. We're content to, to fool people and to think that everything is okay, but in reality, God is the one that we ought to be looking to. This morning in our Sunday school hour, we are talking about the, the personal relationship that we ought to have with the Lord. And as you walk through Scripture, you see some of the great heroes of the faith, and you see some of the people that we admire in Scripture. You think about Joseph. You think about Daniel. You think about Peter. You think about Paul. You think about each of these individuals that were put in the limelight. And let's just take for just a moment some of these individuals, and as you look at them, you begin to see them in the public eye. But long before they were ever put in the public eye, there were some things that they were doing in the private that began to make a difference in their lives. David had no desire to be in the public eye. As a matter of fact, as you go and you study the life of David, David is just being a faithful shepherd boy. He's doing something in private that no one knows about. He's just doing the father's business. He's at work. He's doing all of these many things. He walks onto the scene and no one is willing to take a stand against this giant that is mocking his God. And so all of what he had been doing in the private life now was being put into the public life. Now everybody began to take notice of this. We open the Word of God and you think about Daniel. Daniel was known as an individual that prayed. Daniel is one that we look at and we see that he purposed some things within his heart. But it wasn't in Daniel chapter number 1 where all of a sudden all of these things that he had purposed at that moment. No, he had been doing the work in private. Now we see it in the public. You see, in each of our lives, as you come to this portion of Scripture, we see this statement, Quicken thou me according to thy word. As you think about this quickening process, you think about that verse, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and notice these words that are found in that passage of Scripture. The word humble. You think about humility within the Christian life. You think about what the Word of God says in James 4, 10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. You think about this statement that is found there, and pray. Jeremiah 33, 3, which I love the verse, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. As you think about those prayers that you're offering up to the Lord, and spending time in prayer, you're begging and pleading with God to do a thorough work within your life, and you're pleading with Him, Lord, do whatever you have to do to bring about within my life the right type of attitude and living. You think about this subject matter of seeking the Lord as he says, seek my face. The word of God says in Isaiah 55, 6, seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. As you think about that statement, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. We've talked about these things. We are willing to do some of these things. We're willing to acknowledge that we are nothing at all. We're just vessels unto the Lord and we will humble ourselves at times. And we will spend time in prayer. We will seek the face of God. But then it always comes to this last one right here. And turn from their wicked ways. See, a turning from sin is the hard part. Because sometimes within the Christian life, sin just really does take hold of us. And we can't sometimes even imagine ourselves living without this one secret sin within our lives, or whatever the case may be. And the Lord is saying, you don't need that. And so notice what the psalmist says right here in this portion of Scripture in verse 25. He says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quicken thou me according to my, thy word. He is seeking the Lord to deal with him in such a way where it starts in the word of God. This morning we made mention of it, but in Psalm 46, 1, the word of God reminds us that everything starts with the Lord. And then we begin to ask, well, how am I going to live the Christian life? How am I going to draw closer to the Lord? It starts with this book right here. This book right here. 
Just the other night, I was talking to a few folks, and my morning routine and my evening routine are always the same. At night, typically, is when I will do most of my reading. Right before I go to bed, uh, What my routine at night and my routine in the morning, as soon as the sun comes through the window in the morning, I'm up and I'm going. And my, my routine is always the same. I get ready and I go and do things. Now, the middle of the part of the day is always going to be different because it depends on what tasks are at hand and things need to get done. And at night, it always winds down the exact same way where I wind down and then right before bed is whenever I will spend, I'll take uh, some, uh, I have some uh, vitamins and those vitamins have uh, some melatonin in them. So I got about 30 minutes before I'm just knocked out. And that's whenever I do some reading and then all of a sudden I'm out just like that. And so my, my night is always consumed the exact same way, which is consuming things that are going to benefit me concerning the spiritual stuff. A couple of years ago, I was conv- uh, con- uh, uh, convicted about this whenever iPhone came out with this screen time thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And if we were to pull up the screen time, many of us would be convicted about how much time we spend looking at those screens. And all of a sudden, it began to reveal where all of my time was going throughout the day. And I was convicted of that in my own life because there are so many things that are so much more profitable to the Christian life than looking at a screen. But many of us, if we're not careful, we get into this mentality that we don't need these things. Notice what the psalmist says at the very end. He says, quicken thou me according to thy word. Number one, we need to seek tonight to be revived, that the Lord would revive us and continue to push us through. Number two, notice what he says in verse 26. I have declared my ways and thou hurtest me. Teach me thy statutes. He begins to say these words, I have declared my way. Number two, we need to reveal our walk with the Lord and our ways with the Lord. As he says this, I have declared my ways and thou hurtest me. He then goes on to ask the Lord to teach him thy statutes. And as you go and you walk through scripture, you'll see that even in verse number 27, he says, make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. There it is again, the word of God having preeminence in the life of the psalmist here, and it ought to have preeminence in our lives. Number two, reveal your ways unto the Lord. He already knows our ways. As you go to Psalm 51, he says, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. It's a hard thing to do. Even again, this morning in the Sunday school hour, talking about the, 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 the personal relationship. And one of the things that we ought to have is a transparency with the Lord. The Lord already knows everything about us. But it's good to remind us that we need to make that known as well. That we remind ourselves, the Lord already knows these things. Notice what he says again in Psalm 51 verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. And so in Psalm 119 verse 26, he says, I've declared my ways and thou hurtest me. Lord, you know my ways, you know my thoughts, you know everything about me. As a matter of fact, we just heard it in song. He knows my name. He knows all the things about us. And so he says right here now, teach me thy statutes. If you were to go in your own personal life tonight and you were to ask, what are the things that truly are priority to my life? And you were to sit down with a piece of paper and you just say, what are the areas and what are the things that consume my days? What is priority within my life? I believe many of us would have many of the same similar ones, such as our family is probably going to be somewhat of a priority. Whatever job you're working is going to have some priority in your life. 
your friends or maybe some hobbies might have some priorities, certain things. And we have to ask ourselves, where does God's word and God himself fall in line? Where does this fall in line? Because for many of us, this is a, if I can get to it, I'll get to it type of thing. The house of God in many areas of our lives is treated as, well, I'll get there when I can get there. If I miss, I miss. And we have to ask ourselves, why is that taking place? Why is that taking Well, if we don't give this preeminence in our lives, then we'll never have a conviction to be found in the house of God. If the Lord is not given priority within our lives, we'll never desire the things of God. And so he goes on, he says, I have declared my ways. Thou heardest me. Now teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. That statement right there, make me to understand the way of thy precepts, answers the question that we've been dealing with over the last couple of months on we know the what of Christianity, but why? Why? Have you asked the right questions? Have you asked the Lord? Lord, reveal through Scripture the why of some of these things. Number two, reveal your ways to the Lord. Number three, notice what the Bible goes on to say in verse 26. He says, I have declared my ways and thou hurtest me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Number three, if you would, I encourage you to read the word of God. Notice what he says in verse 28 there. Strengthen thou me according unto Thy word, make me to understand the way of thy precepts. Teach me thy statutes. All those strong statements. If you want to understand the Christian life, then you need to read this book. If you want to live out the Christian life, you need to get into the word of God. As you go and you begin to dwell in the word of God, all of a sudden, all of these things begin to make sense as you dig deeper and dig deeper and dig deeper. Here in a few moments, you're going to see the psalmist reminding us that we don't need to deceive ourselves because in many of our lives, if we're not careful, we tell a lie to ourselves until we believe it. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and they tell the same story over and over, but the story begins to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and the lie begins to get larger and larger and then you're sitting there thinking, man, this story sure has gotten long over the last couple of years. They've told themselves a story that they themselves have began to believe. And in Scripture, the Word of God deals with that. As a matter of fact, you begin to be deceived and you think that the preaching is important, but not to practice what you preach. Deceiving yourself. James chapter 1 deals with that. You begin to disregard your heart's condition because you say, well, that is not for me. No, no, no. All of the Word of God is for us. As God deals with us, you begin to to have a dead religion as James chapter 1 talks about. I don't know about you. I don't want to live a life that's dead. I don't want to have a dead religion. I don't want to be a religious person. I want to be spiritual. I don't want our our children to grow up saying, yeah, our church went through the motions. We had services, but it was never authentic. No, I want them to know as they go and talk about their church that they would say, no, our church worshiped the Lord. It wasn't just to to have fun. It wasn't just to talk about it. No, we really desired to live for the Lord and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. We open the word of God with intention of hearing from God. That is what I want my children to say one day, that they had a personal relationship from the Lord and with the Lord because they understood that it was important. It wasn't something just to talk about, but to live it out. That is what my prayer is for my children. They would understand these things. And so they need to understand that they need to read the word of God. Number four, he goes on in these verses. He says, remove from me the way of lying. I want to encourage you. Number four, remove any deception in your life, any deception in your life. 
A.W. Tozier put it this way, when people lie to themselves, they live as though they are not accountable. In doing God's will, they are not available. Compromise with evil is acceptable. Worldly heroes begin to be admirable and considered adorable. What is right and wrong is adjustable. Their spiritual growth is abysmal. Living for Christ is abnormal. Apathy and laziness is admissible. Selfishness, unfaithfulness are allowable. And the cost from their sin becomes astronomical. Why? Because they stopped caring. You see, in many of our lives, if we're not careful, we say, well, haven't we done enough? No, 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 no. Don't live that way. Don't live the Christian life saying, I've done enough. Hasn't this summer been busy enough? It's been fruitful, hasn't it? It's been a blast. It's been enjoyable. I've enjoyed watching the young people make decisions. Now is not the time to let go of some of these things. And number five, and we close with this. Notice what he says. He says, I have chosen the way of the truth. Verse 31, I have stuck under thy testimonies. Verse 32, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Number 32 is where it all needs to come to a close. Renew your life to be faithful. Just choose to be faithful. Choose to be found faithful. As you think about uh, removing some things out of your life and putting some things into your life, there comes a time or ought to come a time where you say, Lord, I just want to be found faithful. I want to live the Christian life, not to say I lived it just because I want to live it because you're worthy of all things. And Lord, I want to dwell with you. I want to commune with you. I want to get into the word because not because I have to, because I desire to. I love closing out the day. I have a a Bible that I'm transferring some of my notes into that I will begin preaching out of at some point in time that that I'm transferring things. And as I look through the pages, I go through with a fresh eye and try just to, to read just to read. Not to read, to get something, just to read, to to read and say, Lord, thank you. And not to come up with a sermon, not to come up with some outline, not to come up with anything, just saying, Lord, feed me this evening as I close my eyes and go to bed. Lord, I want to think on things that are holy and I want to think on things that are right and just and righteous and the things that you would have for me to dwell on. That way, when I wake up the next morning, I'm thinking on the proper things. I'm thinking on the good things. I'm thinking on the things that are going to encourage me and help me. And so over the last couple of weeks, as we've come to a close, I've had to remind myself that, yes, it's been a busy time, but now is not the time to quit and give up and slow down. Now is the time to push on. So my soul cleaveth unto dust, quicken thou me according to thy word. I have chosen the way of truth. I have stuck unto thy testimonies. I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Lord, we do come to you tonight. Lord, we thank you.